Are you well? I'm not too bad. You caught me off guard there. That we, I'm going to start recording here. That's because you were lambasting me, and there's only way I could get you to stop. <laughs> right, well, I hope episode we all, twenty. I hope we all hear us because yeah. I can hardly hear you. I don't know why. I think it's, we were talking about volume there, but I hope we can all hear us anyway. But sure, if not, just turn it up really loud and keep in <laughs> closer to your speakers. Yeah, that nail whisper in your ears. How you doing, baby? <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> there's a few listeners lost. There's a Sammy. On on episode twenty two, we've made it to. Uh, I, when we started this, I didn't really think about the longevity of it or anything, but I'm still impressed we've made it to twenty episodes. Well, I'll be honest with you. The only thing I could see, I could see the realness is if we fell out and I just didn't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> I know that I would begrudge coming online with you and making a podcast. If I wasn't chatting to you, so we managed to. I'm we trying my best, like I'm trying my best to, to, to put you <laughs> off, but we keep going back. Uh, well, well, happy anniversary. Uh, here's to the next 20. Oh, that's it. Well, I'm looking forward to the 52nd one so that we can say we've been at it for a year. There you, right. go. you know so what? Asked, hey, for can, I just, can I just hold us a wee bit more accountable here too? For about 10 episodes, we said for episode 20, we're going to have our first guest. We didn't look about a guest, really. We talked to a couple of people, but we didn't ever actually ask them, will you be on the podcast for episode 20? So we pulled this harebrained scheme out of our asses and said, let's get questions from the guys that are listening. So will we kick off with that? Yes, I have a ball of questions. You don't. You're I have a bit three. I, well, I, where did you get the ball of your questions out of? Social media? No, Jim Floor. I right. Yeah. Social media, you wee social butterfly. It's just because I'm not banned by Zuckerberg from a controversial takes on Facebook. I'm just a anti-person people, people person. <laughs> right, help me with the first one. By well, we're both answering these, by the way. Oh, no, I have a range of stuff here from, from fitness to current affairs and, and lifestyle. So I'll start off, um, I'll start off with a fitness one. These are intertwined. First part of it is best way for people with sedentary jobs to move on a daily basis and the other side of that question, are steps overrated? I'll, uh, I'll uh, correct you on the sedentary. Sedentary? Sedentary, is that not how you say it? Sedentary. Look, I don't know. I think it's <laughs> It's like hypertrophy and hypertrophy. Yeah. What do you go for? Hypertrophy. Aye, weirdo. Anyway, <laughs> um, best way for people with a sedentary job to keep moving. Um, I do give a wee lack of tips to people. We It's something we encourage people to be more active. Steps are not the be-all and end-all. This 10,000 step thing isn't magic. But if you look at people who have active jobs compared to people who have inactive jobs, people who have active jobs have a, a higher metabolic rate to fuel because they're moving more. They're just more active. So they're moving more. They're burning more calories as a result of that. It's not rocket science, so don't overcomplicate things. If you move more, you burn more fuel. It's, it's a very, very simple uh, concept. But if you have a sedentary job, you're going to be stuck to a certain extent. You're not going to be on your feet all the time. If, if you have a, a person who's a postman or a joiner or somebody who works in construction and they're moving and they're doing a, a laborious job, as opposed to someone who's sitting in a nine to five in a cubicle, um, through no fault of their own, they just don't have to move a lot. and they don't. In fact, they have to stay at their desk because their laptop or the computer's there. It's harder but um, if you are moving more, it's going to make a bigger difference because you're you're at work for probably eight hours of a day, five days a week. So it's a big portion of your life. It's a, it ends up, I think, somebody, it's a third of your life or nearly that. Uh, it's a depressing stat. But um, if oh, you're if not you don't moving, like your work. 
Aye, true. But I, well, I suppose I'm thinking of the cubicle. If you're stuck in a cubicle for a third of your life, it might be a wee bit um, depressing. But if you're stuck at the desk, I, I like we do at, in, a, in a welcome session, if fat loss or weight loss is something they're looking to do, um, we do sort of give them a, a target for steps. But we don't, well, I don't anyway, I don't look at a target as in you need to hit this number of steps as a ceiling. I sort of try and raise the floor a wee bit. So if they have a Fitbit or a, a or a step counter or whatever they've got, and I ask them what's their average over the last say seven to fourteen days, and if they're averaging about six to seven thousand steps, I'll set them a new floor of eight thousand steps, and that's their new minimum. So and then we'll start shoot like brainstorming ideas of right how we're going to get some more of them um, steps. And so sneaky ways are the best. Sneaky ways of getting more steps are a winner for me because if you have I have to go for a walk every day in as your way of getting steps, then it's the first thing that's going to go when you're under the cost pressure-wise. If you're busy at work or things get busy at home or you're stressed out, you're going to drop that walk pretty quickly probably, even though it'll probably help you with all of those things. It's the first thing that'll get dropped because it's the extra thing that you've added to your plate. So what I say to people is when you're taking a phone call, get up and walk around the room, pace around the room, just silly things like that there. You'd be surprised how many steps they're going to add to your day. And then that's going to add to your total daily energy expenditure. Um, if you can get a standing desk at work or if you can fashion a standing desk out of, just by putting your chair on your desk and putting your screen and, la- and a laptop up onto it, there you go. There's another wee bit of activity because you're standing and you're not sitting at that right angle, uh, ungodly angle that we all seem to be at all the time. Um, parking further. Like people have heard these ones before. Parking further away from wherever you're going. Park at the furthest parking yeah. space. Never use an elevator or an escalator. If your legs are in working order, don't use them. Um Silly wee things like that. Play with your kids. Walk your dog. Guilt yourself into it by <laughs> looking at your dog and thinking, "Yeah, you need walks, don't you?" Um, but I, it's don't overcomplicate it. Make it simple. Make it sneaky. Make it sticky. I think the basis of it and sort of what you've touched upon there to an extent is that it needs to be intentional. To mm-hmm. and you know, if you have a a desk job. Or a commuting job, like I've worked in the past with lorry drivers, and they have a t- they have a tight tight shift. Like they'd be in the in the cab maybe twelve to sixteen hours per day, and they're living on fast or the hot food counter. It's a tough it's a tough ask for them to get moving. So you have to look at the windows of of opportunity which you have, and then maximize them. And that is a big part of it. It's the intentional, meaningful movement. Even if it, you know, look at it as that's that person who averages 10, 12,000 steps without really trying versus the person who's maybe only getting 4,000 steps but intentionally goes out of their way to get another 3,000 steps in. They're the ones who benefit more because they've put the bigger, the bigger effort in and they've got the bigger reward from it. So a lot of it does come down to just maximizing the small windows of opportunity that you've got. And on touching on the, the sedentary people, like it's not just walking. Like for, for people who are stuck behind a desk or stuck behind a steering wheel, having two or three little flow sequences that you can do in the morning just to open up the joints can be massively, massively positive for your just how quickly you recover and your sort of your state of readiness to do something and just it's i i know from having say on a monday on a monday morning i spend a good chunk of the morning behind the desk and if i don't 
purposefully stretch after it, I can hardly move the rest of the day. So uh-huh. it, it is maybe that intentionality behind the steps. So they're not overrated, but they're not, as you said, they're not the be-all and end-all. No, if, the whole 10,000 steps thing just sort of came out of... Uh, it was a Chinese really. study. I think they've worked out Hi. that 8,000 steps is probably the sweet spot, but that's not here now. I think, too, that with the... Um, with the sedentary thing, if you can communicate with your your team leader or your manager or your boss or whoever it is, or even better if it's you, and get into that mindset of work like a lion, so block off 90 minutes and work proper deep work, no distractions, and get a lot done, then freeze up the, the half hour at the other end of it to go and walk and loosen out and, and be more active, and it's just more beneficial to everybody. So uh, that's the first pair of questions. Do you want me to give you another one? Seeing as I I hit you one of my weekends ones. Um, All right, I'll, I'll not go. Well, I'm 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 thinking of staying on the the fitness aspect of things because we're in that genre. So, any advice for anybody looking to lose weight if nothing has ever worked for you? First of all, maybe you want to say why it hasn't worked in the past. So, um, why would this person have not been able to lose weight in the past? Do you think? Could be any number of reasons. The uh, if someone. For- Generally, personal seems- personal, uh, personal circumstances aside, let, if you go down to the brass tacks of what fat loss comes down to, what is that person not able to achieve? If Well, they haven't been able to establish a consistent calorie deficit. Yeah. We're running a workshop tomorrow night, and I was explaining, I, I had a call with uh, a nutritionist who works specifically with coaches. She's sort of looking to come in and do a bit of work with us and she was asking about how to get into gyms and do different things and asked me what I felt was the biggest the biggest challenge that gym pop clients face when it comes to weight loss. And I said, I believe personally that the biggest challenge is that light bulb moment where people realize that it is a simple science, but it's it's really boring. And the boring things compounded consistently <clears throat> are what make the difference. And you're like, no, nah, it couldn't be that. It couldn't just be being a bit more mindful of what I'm eating. It couldn't be just drinking more water and getting more sleep. Surely not. Surely it has to be this shake. Surely I have to do something really drastic. Surely yes. I need to do something batshit crazy mental if I want to lose weight. And if you want to lose weight drastically in two weeks, go for the batshit crazy mental for sure. Get lattice be... in front of the mirror naked every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Iceberg. Iceberg all the time. But if you want to be in great shape physically, mentally, emotionally, and healthy and fulfilled, give it two years and normalize the the boring stuff. That's... I like I would say to someone, if you're gonna do something mental to try and lose weight, my I have a saying lose weight the way you plan to keep it off. If you want to get to a certain weight, but you don't want to just hit it for a day and then then go back up again. If you want to stay at that weight, then lose it the way that you want to keep it off. So get get used to doing things in a certain way. So get used to spending a bit more time looking at what you're eating, maybe assessing if you're happy with your diet or what's your biggest limiting factor with your diet. What are you, what are you doing that you wouldn't want your kids to be at when they're your age? What are you doing that is holding you back or making you feel like crap or making you feel like you've got no control? And then do something about it, like write down a plan. Say, I'm going to plan out my meals a bit better. I'm going to actually have a plan when I do the grocery shopping. I'm going to then try and execute that plan a good 80% of the time. 
I'm not going to beat myself up if I don't, but I'm going to try and make wee small improvements. And uh, there are loads of stuff, things out there that are made to sell you on fat loss. Fat loss comes down to having less calories going in than they are going out. People know this. It's been beat to death by every personal trainer on Instagram and the, the country away over. But it is simple, boring things that will do that. If you have no idea about calories, if you don't know how many calories are in your foods that you tend to eat most often, then start tracking them on my fitness pal. Put them in, even if it's only for a period of two to four weeks, so you get a fair idea of the foods that you generally eat day to day, how many calories in them. Then you can make informed decisions about what you're going to maybe swap out or what you're going to maybe reduce, what you're going to add in that has less calories so that you can afford to eat more without adding more calories. Um, and ultimately, you don't need to do anything silly. You don't need to starve yourself. You don't need to eat lettuce in front of the mirror naked. I was joking. But you do need to do something. You do need to have a an actually an, an actual intentional plan. Um, and another thing, nobody's going to do it for you. So if you aren't, and this sounds wild harsh, I know, but you have the body that you deserve. And I only say that because you'll only be in whatever shape you put yourself into. Like and that, you can, you can shake your head, you can throw the phone across the room, you can take the headphones off, to stop listening. But whatever shape you are in now, bar any kind of life altering injury you've had or any kind of condition, you'll be in the shape that you got yourself into. So the other side of that coin is you will get into whatever shape you put yourself into. So take ownership. be more intentional and take ownership and do what you need to do and seek help. For God's sake, don't tap up the person on Instagram who's doing booty squats on the stairs. <laughs> Talk to someone who looks like they know what they're talking about. We spoke a couple of pods ago about discipline. That was a right while ago. And how discipline, you need it to be able to sort of get through the, the times when you've got a low ebbs of motivation. And it was listening to the diary of a CEO, James Smith was on it. It was very good. And he was talking about when people struggle with their way, with their purpose. And like they know they need to do something and they want to do something, but have no real passion or purpose behind it like i want to get in shape but just because not not for any real reason and he turned it and it was a beautiful framework he said well right focus on something that you feel you're inadequate you know an inadequacy and a lot of the time those inadequacies might be like a body confidence issue and having that that focus i want to work on this until I don't feel inadequate anymore is a pretty good way of, of making sure that you, you do the work. I thought it was a, a very n- nice framework for people who struggle with that big question of what's your way, what's your purpose? Because that's a deep question. It's a difficult question. And if you don't have an answer for it, well, what's your inadequacy? Is it a lack of confidence? Is it a lack of fitness? Is it a lack of, you know, do you feel like you are losing out in X, Y, or Z? Right, well, then work on that. I am. I've got a book open in my Kindle there at the moment. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a, there was a good idea from it. I remember taking it, thinking that was good. You can use that in your own life and with other people as well. Is there are often two ways that you motivate yourself? You're either moving away from something, you're running away from something, and you're trying to work hard to get away from whatever it is that you're in, like the situation that you're in, or or maybe a past that you had. So you're either moving motivated to go away from that and to get as far away from that bad place or you're motivated towards something in the future you're motivated because of something that's in your future and it's drawing you towards so and you can use either of those you can be either motivated to push on from a from a bad history or a bad scenario you're in now or you can look to the future and say well that lies ahead for me and i can push on to that there 
Um, so you can use you can use both directions. You can use both of them interchangeably, but just know that there has to be a reason. There has to be a um a purpose, as you say. Yeah, I think we answered that rightly. Right, question then. What's been your what episode's been your favorite or what topic has been your favorite one we've covered to date? Nineteen Hmm. That's a good one. Because I don't listen to them. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I like I like the one about friendship. The friendship one's the one that definitely got the most um the most feedback. It would have been the one that popped into my head straight away when I was asked the question. I'm just gonna look through the list here of the podcast. Uh, I like the friendship one because it's an area where I do you ever see the ever see the film I Love You Man? Yeah. Where the guy doesn't have a fucking clue he's gonna ask for his best man. I feel like that dude sometimes. I feel like you're you get to a certain age where you think it's right, I'm past the age of where it's 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 weird now to make new friends. And I'm a man and I'm an Irish man, so I've got loads of stuff going against me because <laughs> I'm not gonna talk normally. I'm just gonna use male cliches as a form of communication and stick my chest Ponder. out. Just Aye. Scratch scratch our balls together and <laughs> all that shit down around and talk about women and football and cars and stuff or but yeah. Friendship's a good one. I like that. I'd like to I'd like to do I probably there's definitely episodes where I've I've listened to them or maybe I've finished them. We finished them and I went back and thought, fuck I forgot to say that or I forgot to mention that. I'd like to do you'd like to do a part two on some of them as well. Yeah, well, I'm sure there'll be plenty we can go. The other one that I'm looking here, just the ones that got the most um, engagement, the next one down was the one that last chat about that voice in your head. It got pretty good. I can't actually remember what that was about, but I do... Self-doubt, wasn't it? I do remember saying that if anyone heard the voice in my head, I'd be locked up. So (laughs) I'm still here, so we're all right. Um, all right. Well, then, if nobody's listening to those, uh, or if you're just tuning in for the first time, there's two episodes to go back on. Friendship, friendship and friendship. voices in your head. Yeah. Episode so we sound like two queer boys. <laughs> on episode five. Yeah, I two fucking weird boys, all right. And then the follow-up question to that, I'm getting a lot of part twos here. What advice would you give to someone who wants to start a podcast? I'll give you two bits of advice. Adjust your expectations. I So this is my second podcast experience really i did the the level up podcast with so i had six guests on and um talked about their sort of journeys and their their lives and their successes and i thought doing that like i accumulatively i've probably got the guts of about twenty thousand social media followers and i thought this would be deadly hey there's gonna be so many people listening to this and it peaked at 600 plays and then quickly averaged out at about 300, and now we're down to about 100. And that, it annoyed me for a little while until I just got over myself, you know. So if you think you're going to become Joe Rogan, you're probably not. <laughs> but as I long as you're enjoying it, like it, hey? I look a wee bit like him. You're, you're, you're both completely balded, but apart from that, it's, uh, <laughs> so we're, the similarities stop. Uh, you need a bit more shoulder action. <laughs> uh, that'll be that'll be my initial piece of advice. So adjust your expectations. And the second piece would be 
make sure that you enjoy you're doing it for reasons of enjoyment that it's it's for personal fulfillment yeah. because the sort of the spin-off till the first one is that if nobody's listening and you care that nobody's listening it might be enough to stop you doing it yeah but if you enjoy doing it it doesn't matter if nobody's listening because well, i i think that's what i we talked about before starting this is because as um the reason for me wanting me wanting to do it anyway um i just i know that you like the sound of your own voice but um <laughs> the reason <laughs> the reason for me wanting to do it was just to get better at saying the things that were in my head and if nobody was listening it wouldn't matter because nobody's listening in my head either so i like i like practicing this and i like getting better at talking because i've had some great conversations with people since starting this who wouldn't have maybe approached me to have a conversation like that previous to hearing me talk the way i talk on the podcast and i've always been able to write a certain way and i write the way i feel but i was never able to speak the way i feel so yeah my advice for anybody starting a podcast is don't start a podcast to get famous. You probably won't. Um, start a podcast about something you're passionate about or something you want to talk about. Find someone who's a good sparring partner in terms of talking uh, if you want to pair up with somebody. And I, it's one of those things like it's a podcast isn't going to make or break you. Like it's going to be, it's a passion project at the end of the day. Therapeutic uh, for me. I like it just. I, it's good. And Scr- it's, scratches an itch. Yeah. I mean to go. I'm eating an orange here. You can't hear me chewing, can you? No, just annoyed looking at you, Jen. Right, what's your question? Well, I'm going to move on to the gym floor here. So, oh. as a PT, what's the funniest thing that ever happened in the gym that you can tell us? No names. Uh, you can tell us everything or anything you want, but don't use any names for legality purposes. Jeez, what's the funniest thing? <laughs> There's a lot of things that have tickled me. But uh, <laughs> you can't it, say in case they're listening. <laughs> no, well, apart from like, there's nothing probably absolutely flat out hilarious. Just a lot of like farts and stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's proper, you know, schoolboy humor. There's a a little fart during the deadlift of a full class and everybody's silent. And then the the uh... part that you expect the least to do the fart. That side of a grip, just. So, <laughs> I, I don't know if there's anything. Uh, I've no no good stories off the top of my head about anything more slapstick or hilarious than that. Unfortunately, that's brilliant. Well, I've got two instances, and like, it's, like the kind of things that happen in the gym, like you know, there are sort of things you need to be there, otherwise you don't pick up the context. But I was. Uh, it was in the Hollywood Fitness days, and it was back the first year that I opened it up as an open gym. Which basically meant if you were a member, you got fingerprint access. We had a fingerprint scanner. You come and go, and it was you work away. And I'm going to name her. Her name is Karen Martin. I think she listens to so. And uh, her her partner in crime, Kathy, was with her too. So they were in a veiling of the facilities, and I think Jackson had just been born. So I was off, and I think it was around Christmas too. Like it was around Christmas, and Jackson had just been born. I was sitting at home. I was actually sitting in Shannon's mom's house in Oma, in the gym in Cookstown. And I got missed calls and text messages from Karen. And there was a voicemail left. And I was like, what is going on here? She locked herself in the gym or something. The voicemail turned out anyway that her and Kathy were lying in the floor of the toilet, locked the door because there was gunshots outside the gym. And they were cowering in the corner of the gym. 
uh, saying I needed to do something. I needed to call the police. They, I think they'd called the police at this point. So I ran upstairs and got a baseball bat, jumped into the van and took off. Don't know what I was going to do with the baseball bat. <laughs> took off like a hallion. Uh, and rang my landlord and said I was just going to kneecap people from afar and not get shot hopefully but um, I rang my landlord to see if he could check the the CCTV cameras to see what was going on because there's two women in the gym and they reckon there's somebody firing a gun outside and I just thought thank god there's a fingerprint access because you can't get in if you're not a member so I'm just hoping a member hasn't gone postal here and took a gym or gone to the gym but turns out there was just some young lad in a bang bang car outside and the exhaust was making gunshot noises and these poor women were in the toilet for about a good 30 minutes terrified and when chris got back to me to tell me no it's just some dude in a car the exhaust going i rang them back and told them and they were in fits laughing terrified but just the near-death experience they were glad to be alive so karen if you're listening apologies from embarrassing you but that really cheered me up when I was on my way back to home again and not having to get shot or hurt anybody. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big uh, relief. The realization that you weren't going to have to get that bat and try and ding away a few stray bullets would have been. I was raging too. I was like, I'm fucking off for Christmas or whatever it was. And I, like, no, I have to go and do this and deal with this and blah, blah, blah. The, the, the logic of you're going to tackle some boy with a gun with a baseball bat never entered my head. No, wouldn't. Wouldn't be the most logical though, would you? Not. <laughs> <laughs> Take a take a baseball fight to a gun a gunfight. That's that's the fight. Greencastle baseball bat. That's the Greencastle coming out to me. One you one you head you cunty. Right, that sort of uh, can segue a little bit here. How do you stay track? How do you stay on track when life gets busy? So you were you were busy there, and then you got thrown a a curveball, and you responded to it impulsively. But just zoom out and in general. When people have um, goals, be it food, weight, fitness, business, relationship, and then life seems to get busy. Waste, someone's looking in. <laughs> Book them in there. We'll, um, we'll continue. Stick yourself answer that on question. Mute. I'll turn Stick my yourself on mute there. I'll start answering this question. <laughs> so I, I think I mentioned this before, but... When people approach any type of goal or any, especially any type of fitness goal, often they have an on-off or a, a, an all-or-nothing mentality when it comes to it. So they use they look at it like a like a switch. Like I'm either on or I'm off. I'm either eating well or I'm eating completely shite. I'm either doing all the training or none of the training. I'm either walking every day or I'm not leaving the sofa. So that on and off switch is a it's a detrimental mentality that most people start out with. Um, and I've mentioned this in the past. Um, you're not on mute there, just in case you, you answer that or make a phone call. <laughs> I'm not on mute. No, you're not. Just I, I thought you were going to answer it there or something. <laughs> no, no, I fired it out the door there. I thought it was. It turned down my microphone, but obviously not probably. <laughs> See, technologically still quite illiterate. We heard the fart. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so that... I've talked about it in the past about instead of having that on off switch or that um, all or nothing mentality, you need to approach it maybe a bit more like a dimmer switch and always have what's what's a what's what can I do when the shit hits the fan? It's like it's like us when we're programming um, a personal training session. If I want you to do goblet squats in your session and you come in and you're not able to do goblet squats for whatever reason, I can regress that to a bodyweight squat. I can get you doing bodyweight. And if you're 
come in someday and I realize that, oh, this person has progressed beyond goblet squats, then I can move you up to a back squat. So there's a progression there of we can do something. I just don't know what it's going to be. It's the same with your goals of eating or training or lifestyle, whatever it is. Find that sort of spectrum of what's the minimum I could do, even on a shitty day. And then on a brilliant day, here's what I could do. I could do loads. And then on most days, here's what I'm going to do. So what's your input on any given day on that spectrum? So instead of looking at that on and off switch and being on the wagon and off the wagon, look at it like a dimmer switch and say, right, even on the shittiest of days, I'm still going to get loads of veg with my dinner. Loads of veg in my dinner. And then on, a be- on the best day, I'm going to try and get veg in every meal, and if not veg fruit. And there you go. It's it's sort of like a spectrum rather than a, I'm either doing it or I'm not. Yeah, a much healthier approach and one that'll keep you keep you feeling better about yourself between the years as well. Here's, it- you know what? Hold on a second. I'm actually catching myself on a wee bit too. Here's the other thing as I get older too. Give yourself a wee bit of fucking grace too because sometimes life will throw you a massive curveball and then it's all right just to stop and just give yourself a wee bit of compassion time and say, you know what? That was a shit thing that happened. Today I'm just going to look after myself and tomorrow I'm going to pick myself up and go again because that's another thing that most people don't do either is like, I, you're in, your you've got goals to work on and all, but you're human as well. Something might happen that just throws you off the rails. It's all right to dust yourself off a day or two later and then get back on track. Like don't, don't think by any means or stretch the imagination that you're superhuman and you, you're not going to, you're not going to experience something that, that maybe puts you down for a day or two. Um, and that's all right too. Like. And on the topic of shit shows and, and bad curveballs, the last question that I'm probably going to have time for here is how do we think the cost of living crisis and the reality of that will impact the fitness industry and the wider sort of prioritizing of, of, of individual health? Good question. I actually spoke to another personal trainer this morning about it who was worried um, about it as well. And my opinions on it are my opinions. And the way, the way I think about it is you should always be diligent about the way you spend your money. I'm a frugal man. I don't spend my money willy-nilly. I don't waste money. I try, well, I try not to waste money. Um, I've always been that way. Um, I have anxiety issues around money from being, <laughs> being younger, and I just haven't been able to drop them. So I'm always frugal. And I know that your health and your well-being and your fitness, I just spent money there now before we signed up or before we logged in there, signed up to an online program. And your health and your well-being are one of the things that you're going to be able to invest in your life. And they're going to be one of the things that pays you back. You might not always see the dividends that they pay, but they're going to be one of the things that pays back biggest and, and best. So what I would say to everybody in, in the fitness industry is people are still going to spend money on health and well-being. The people who can't afford your services shouldn't be paying for your services anyway. Okay. They need, they, if they need to be more diligent with their money, then luxury items like personal training might not be on their list. All right. That might not be a thing that they sign up for. And that is perfectly fine. And we need to respect that. There are other options, maybe cheaper options that they can go for that may, they may be able to avail of until th- times get better. But there are some people who the cost of living crisis aren't going to affect either. And they're going to have more disposable income and they're going to still spend their money just where they do, where they, where they, where they think it is, is best to be spent. Everybody should be doing something for their health and well-being. You can do free things for your health and well-being. 
you can do better things if you spend some money. That's all. Okay. The spending of money isn't going to um mean that you can't do something for your health and well-being. If you are doing nothing at all, start walking, start doing anything, join your local leisure center and go for a swim every day. Like you can still be healthy and fit. The fitness industry will still be okay. The people who do the best work will still be okay. Um, maybe the people who don't do great work mightn't be okay, but that's probably just the market being the market. Good services will always go to the top. Bad services will always die out. Um, if you truly believe in what you're selling, you owe it to people to sell it to them. Because if you think you can help somebody, then they need to know about you. They need to know where you are. They need to know what you do. They need to know how much you're cost. They need to know how you're going to help change their life. If you are legitimate and you can help or change people's lives, you will probably be okay. You will probably still have uh, members and customers at the end of all of this. And when it comes to back to good times again, you'll probably thrive. If you're not good at what you do, this might be the time to reassess what you do and start something else. <laughs> and that's all it is. Yeah. Uh, your health is your wealth. They're coming from more of a less of a fitness industry lens and more of a looking at it financially. A lot of the time that, the gym or, or your training or whatever is the first thing to go, but you'll still probably make room for coffee every day and bottle of wine at the weekend and maybe a takeaway. And that's fine. But then just take ownership if you're not happy with your health and if you're feeling a bit down because of what you're looking at in the mirror and the whole, just you know, see, see the big picture here. And that's not me saying it in uh in a way to scare people into the gym. It's more so to look after the thing that the only thing that you've got forever, and that's your body. So yeah. on your mind, like you know, don't don't neglect your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, so that you can still have a a takeaway at the weekend and then complain about not feeling great after the takeaway. It's it's doesn't it's not the most um it's a hard enough it's a better pill to sw- swallow for some people you know but it's, it's, Aye, it's, there's a there's a good thing that goes around on, the, on social media i seen it uh, way back was it was a list of things and how much they cost and then on the other side of it was the excuse why they couldn't do x y or z for their health and their fitness and it was like nights out on the town new shoes yeah, all these different things sky amazon Netflix. but like there's another saying show me where you spend your time and your money and I'll show you what you value. And I think that's, maybe that's a wee bit condescending in that, oh, well, sure, I'll show you up here because you're not spending any time or money on your health and fitness. But there's two things there. There's time and money. So you can spend time uh, doing things for your health. You can spend money doing things for your health. I it's. Okay, I think it's I just said, important or, people look at, make sure that if they are under financial pressure, and a lot of people will be, like no doubt about it, absolutely, that they still look after themselves in whatever capacity they can afford to. Yeah, they still still look after their health because if you're under P from the money in your pocket, and then you're feeling down about yourself because you're not as fit or as healthy as you feel you can be or you should be sure it's a you're kicking yourself when you're down so yeah. at least if you can't proactively do anything about the money aspect you can certainly be proactive about looking after your health and your fitness absolutely start a wee walking club with your mates go for a five a side game here with the lads 
anything at all. Like literally join it, like join a gym if it's financially viable. But nobody should be putting themselves under any financial pressure just for, for their health and fitness. But they should be looking after their health and fitness. It's it's a priority. It's the priority. Um, we're running out of time here, and I've got a topic for next week that I didn't tell you about. Well, tell me now then before we wrap up. Yes. Um. Just on the on the, the nature of some of the questions, I'm. I think we should tackle some fitness myths. So we'll go myth busting. Bit of myth busting, no problem. Myth busting, and uh, I I have a few that I like to get my teeth into, but some of them actually have a wee bit of science behind them. It's just maybe people are taking them up a bit wrong, or maybe taking them too far. But um, yeah, enjoy the questions. Keep them coming, and we'll keep banking them for for future episodes. For the next time we're supposed to book someone in to us <laughs> as a guest, <laughs> definitely a guest for podcast 30 if you have any suggestions for people you'd like to hear from realistically like nobody's gonna say i to us if they're sitting in fucking hollywood or somewhere like yeah. they're not gonna say yeah i'll jump on the podcast here but that's us we'll wrap good her luck. up good luck